Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Local Church, my name is Garland, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we want to welcome our familia that is joining us online. Also, our familia down at Everglades Correctional, who meet with Pastor Buddy. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm going to ask you, if you would, open your Bible to Luke chapter 6 today. Um, If you don't have your Bible, then turn your phone on, open it to the app we have, and uh, we encourage you to take some notes. There's some notes you can fill in the blank there. Um, It's Memorial Day weekend. Pastor Johnny talked about that a few moments ago. And uh, I just want to encourage you, take some time this weekend to uh, thank God for those who sacrificed so much for us. I think it's very important that we remember and honor those who gave their lives serving in our armed forces for us. Because of that, we have freedom. We can be here today. Um, Also, I want to encourage us to continue to pray for the people in Texas, that community, the families who have faced such tragedy. It breaks our heart to even think about that. But uh, we need to be praying for them and uh, also for those that are working with these families. So can we just do that now? Let's pray together. Okay, fathers, we come to you. Lord, we are so blessed. We know that. Lord, thank you for those who went before us and paved the way. They were willing to give their lives so that we can have the freedom we have today. Those who are willing to sacrifice all to make a difference in this world. Thank you for what they've done. And Lord, we just remember them. We honor that. We honor their families. And uh, so thank you, Father. Lord, also, we just want to bring to you, Lord, those people in Texas right now that are suffering, that are hurting, facing anguish, Father, I pray that they could experience your hope. I pray that they would fill your arms around them. I pray that you would give them peace. Lord, that you'd give them wisdom during this time, just the hope that only you can give, grace that only you can give. Father, I pray for those that are caring for them, Lord, that you'll just, Lord, lead them and guide them in that as well. And Father, I pray that people would be drawn to you during this time and that their lives could be changed. So Lord, we know that you never waste our hurts. We trust you with that. Father, we love you, and we give this time to you. Be with us as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me and uh, praying with me in that. We're continuing our uh, new series called Paradoxical. We're in our second week. And what we're doing is we're looking at some odd statements that we find in God's word. Uh, That seems strange at first, but as we study them, we see that not only do they make sense, but... They are also full of a supernatural truth that can give us freedom, where we can experience freedom. And uh, the word paradoxical is just a statement that's seemingly contradictory but it, or, or opposed to common sense, but yet there's some truth in it perhaps. And a great place for us to find this, as I was thinking about it, is in music. All right? Think about some of the songs that you like, some of the lyrics in different songs. I picked out a few. Uh, Rod Stewart, he had a song way back, and it was called Forever Young. All right? Well, we don't get to stay young forever, all right? I I am a testimony of that. Your eyes start fading, your knees start going, you know, all these fun things. And the only place we're going to experience a youngness forever is in heaven. So I hope you're prepared for that, all right? Because that's a promise God gives us. Simon and Garfunkel had a song that was called The Sound of Silence. Well, there's no silence in sound, and there's no sound in silence, okay? If you listen to the song, you might understand where they were headed with it. And uh, 
There is even a new band called Disturb, well, newer band called Disturb that redid this song. They actually, I think they did it better, all right? But anyway, all right, somebody else agrees, all right? Then the Eagles, I always liked the Eagles when I was growing up. Probably their biggest song was called Hotel California, and in the lyrics they said, you can check out, but you can never leave. It's a little weird, huh? And uh, I guess you're stuck. I don't know. But then John Legend, because, you know, I know some of you are going, man, all your music's old. That's the best music, okay? Sorry. Sorry for when you grew up, all right? But uh, see? (laughs) But John Legend wrote a song called All of Me, and he put in there all your perfect imperfections. That doesn't work, okay? Because if you're perfect, there's no imperfections. And if there's imperfections, then you're not perfect, right? That makes sense. And uh, so anyway, we could go on and on because music is such a great example of this. But the title of today's message is this, love those who hate you. Love those who hate you. And just this title is hard to accept because how can you love those who hate you? I mean, that's a difficult task. Some of us, we struggle with loving the ones who love us, right? That's tough enough in our lives. Well, I'm not sure that we can do it on our own because under our own strength, this can be paradoxical, but with God's help, we can love those who hate us. So I want us to read together in Luke chapter six. We're gonna start in verse 27. Let's read that. It says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Just in these first two verses, there's like four paradoxical statements in there. Love your enemies, be good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. And really, there might even be a fifth for those of you that find it hard to listen, like sometimes I do, okay? Let's go on. It says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Let's stop there for a second. You know, this cheek thing's hard, isn't it? I remember the first fight I was in. I was probably in about eighth, ninth grade, somewhere along there. And this guy and I, we were just having a tough time. And I just, man, I hauled off and I just punched him right in the cheek. I mean, I nailed him pretty good. And he looked at me and he didn't turn his other cheek. And matter of fact, what he did is he started hitting both of my cheeks numerous times. And uh, he taught me a lesson. And finally, guys broke us up, you know, and um, I got whipped. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, you know what, you and I need to be friends so I can teach you how to fight. And uh, we did. We ended up becoming best friends. His name was Ronnie. And, <laughs> but it's hard to offer that other cheek. Let's go on. Verse 30. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. But if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lead to others, lend to other sinners for a full return. Verse 35, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Well, we find a lot of paradoxical statements in this passage. 
There's a lot in there. And so I want us to look at some key points. I'm going to give you four, and then we're going to look at God's plan, okay? So here's the first point, all right? Let's look at some key points that'll help us to love those who hate us. Number one, we all have enemies. We all have enemies. That's just the way it is, all right? I'm not sure who your enemies are or why. I'm not even sure who all my enemies are and why. But we all have enemies. Verse 27 says this, but you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. So God knows that we have enemies. What is an enemy? It's a person who hates or opposes another person. It's a person who tries to harm or engages in an antagonistic activity against someone. It's an adversary. It's an opponent. And we can just kind of lay it out this way. We all have enemies and it's those who oppose us or despise us, criticize us. Maybe they talk about you or they judge you. They laugh at you, even whenever you're falling. They enjoy your failures. They want to harm you. They want to hate you. Those are the people we consider enemies. And the truth is we all struggle with that when people do that to us. And the place that it hurts the most is when they're close to us, right? Because sometimes we get blindsided. Write this down if you would. Just an important thing to understand as we're starting this. Enemies aren't always on the outside. Sometimes they're on the inside too. And the truth is, we're gonna get hurt. And what happens is a lot of times those people who hurt us become enemies. So how do we deal with our enemies? How do we love those who hate? Here's the second key point. We must understand that hating our enemies will hurt us the most. When we hate our enemies, we're the ones who are gonna hurt the most from that. I mean, hatred will consume us. First John chapter 2, 9 says this, Anyone who claims to live in God's light and hates a brother or sister is still in the dark. It's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's light and doesn't block the light from others. But whoever hates is still in the dark, stumbles around in the dark, doesn't know which end is up, is blinded by the darkness. In other words, when we hate, we're a mess. Our lives become chaotic. There's chaos that exists there. See, hate will control our life, and the result is not good. The result of hate is not good. Do you ever stop and think about what the, the word hate means? It's to dislike intensely or passionately, feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility toward others. It's to detest someone. This is what hatred can lead to. And hatred is evil. Hate is evil. Hate is a word that draws attention. If someone just yells out in a crowd, I hate, everybody stops and they listen like, whoa, what's going on? Because the word hate draws attention. It's a strong word. But I want us to understand that when we return hate with hate, we are no different than our haters. We're the same thing. We're exercising the same thing that they're doing. We're in the same boat and it's, it's gonna sink. The word love though, it also draws attention. It's something that draws attention. It's a different response than a response to hate. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. Hate pushes people away, but love draws them in. If you love people, they'll be drawn to you. If you hate people, they'll be pushed away. That's just the reality of it. But God says, love your enemies. Here's the third thing. The way we respond to hate has a huge impact on our enemies and us. 
There's a huge impact on us and our enemies, the way we respond. You see, when we acknowledge the way we respond, we're taking responsibility for our response. And, and there's consequences for how we treat and respond to others. So write this down in, in your notes. Let me give you two subpoints real quick. Here's the first one. How I respond to my enemies determines how God responds to my enemies. We get to have a part of that. And the way we respond to our enemies, it determines how God does. So if you want God to deal with people who hate you, then you need to be careful how you respond. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17 says this, don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. For the Lord will be displeased with you. It says you, not them. And will turn his anger away from them. So the way we respond determines how God responds to our enemies. When we see our enemies fail or fall or, or lose, it's normal for us to want to celebrate those moments, right? But that's not what God wants. There's a way to deal with our enemies that God does want, and it's in our next point. Here's the next sub-point. How I respond to my enemy determines how God responds to me. Okay, it determines how he responds to me. Next chapter over in Proverbs, Proverbs 25, it says, if your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they are thirsty, give them water to drink. You will heap burning coals of shame on their heads and the Lord will reward you. God will reward us for loving those who hate. It's pretty incredible. And this verse falls right in line with the scripture we're using today. The idea in this verse is not to burn people, but it's to treat them with kindness. Treat them with kindness so that God can reward us for being kind and leaving it up to him, letting him carry that. There's nothing kind in killing. So the phrase, kill them with kindness, it's not a good one. It's paradoxical. But God will reward us when we respond to our enemies in a way that honors God. So here's our fourth point. How do you treat your enemies? How do you treat your enemies? Well, we have to make some choices. You know, one of the beautiful gifts that God gives us is the ability to make choices. I love talking about this. I mean, we serve a God. He created everything. God is all powerful. He created you, me, everything. He controls everything. And he lets us make choices. I, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. I would let some make choices, maybe for a while. I don't know. I'd be zapping people, wouldn't you? All right? And, uh, you know, but that's why we're not God. Thank God we're not. But we need to make wise choices. Not just now, but even for what's ahead. We're going to have haters in our life. That's just the way it is. So, Here's a thought. When we plan ahead, we're prepared for what lies ahead. And if we will prepare in a way that God wants us to, we'll be prepared for any hate that comes our way. There's reward and consequences based on the choices we make, but God lets us choose. And so we have to plan to make wise choices. Here's the good news. God has a plan for us. We're gonna look at that in a moment. Write this down also. Planning ahead keeps us from falling backwards. You want to move forward, then plan ahead. But let it be God's plan, because that's what makes the difference. Plan to love those who are going to hate you. You know, we all have different systems in our life. And, and here's what I mean by that. This is what we do. It's what we fall back on. It's how we react when we face circumstances or struggles or enemies, those who hate us. And there's certain things in our life that will show us what our default system is. 
how we react when someone disrespects us, when someone cuts us off in traffic, okay? Which we live in South Florida, it's gonna happen, okay? If it's me, I'm sorry. All right, love you. All right, um, <laughs> how we react when someone is sarcastic or they lie to us or they belittle us, they assume the, assume the worst or they, they hate us for no reason. And we show what our default system is when this happens. And this is also where we make excuses for our decisions and actions. And some people even say, well, well that's just who I am. No, that's not good. Okay, and I, and I want you to hear it. That's not acceptable because if that statement is true, then it's okay for everyone to stay who they are and never change, even if they're bad. If this is who I am or that's just who they are is okay, then it's okay for everyone to be evil. That's a lie from the enemy because God is in the business of changing lives. He doesn't want us to remain the same. So when we say, this is just who I am, we're not allowing God to change us. And he wants to. And it happens when we give our lives to Jesus. That's what makes the difference. So if you're not a people person, God can put a love in your heart for people. If you're a person that's grumpy in the morning, then God can put a joy in your heart to start the day. Probably ought to start it with him. That would help, right? If you're not able to love those who hate you, then God can help you to love them because he's the one that makes a difference. God has a plan for us. So I want us to look at six ways that God gives us a way to love those who hate us. Six ways to choose how we treat our enemies, all right? So let's jump in. We're gonna find them in the passage we read. Here's the first one, title of our message. Love those who hate you. Love those who hate you. Luke 6, 27 says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Love your enemies. We choose to love, not hate. Just that simple thing right there would change the world, wouldn't it? You remove hate and it changes everything because hate is evil. This is how we know who we are. It's how others know who we are. We choose to love. And even those who are unlovely, we choose to love them. How many of you have some unlovelies in your life? Okay, yep, I think we all do. I do. I mean, I'm dealing with a couple of them right now and God bless them, it's hard to love them. But God wants us to. John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's how the world knows who we are, the way we love. And when we express love to people, we see, or they, they see something different in us. Because God's love changes everything. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this statement today. The more I love, the more I am like Jesus. The more I love, the more I'm like Jesus. Write that down in your notes if you would. We choose to love those who hate. That's what we do. Here's the next thing. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Luke 6, 27, that's what it says. Do good to those who hate you. Our nature is to return hate for hate, right? It's to return hurt for hurt. So when someone does something for, to us, we want to return the same thing. But God gives us a golden rule. You want to know where the golden rule comes from? All right, let's read it. Luke 6, 31, do to others as you would like them to do to you. There it is. And we, we treat people in the same way we wish they would treat us. The choice is to treat them 
like we want them to treat us. Do good is an action. We just don't say we love, we put action to it. So if we're gonna do good to those who hate us, there has to be an action there. Luke 6.35 says, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward in heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as the children of the Most High for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Why do we do good? Because we're acting like God's children. We're living out what he wants us to do. So do good. Here's the next one. Bless those who hate you. To bless someone is extend or speak kindness to them. It's to ask God to bless them, to care for them, protect them. You see, bless is the opposite of curse. It's totally different. And and can we just be honest, okay? Look at Luke 6, 28. It says, bless those who curse you. This isn't easy. (laughs) It's not easy to bless those who curse you. Because again, we want to return, right? We want to return to them what they've given to us. But God gives us clear instructions on how to do this. Let's look in Ephesians chapter four. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. We're supposed to encourage the things that we say. The words that come out of our mouth should bless and encourage anyone we're talking to or about. This is how we bless our enemies, those who hate us. We choose to encourage, not discourage. We choose to build up, not tear down. We choose to be kind, not cruel. We choose to love, not hate. We choose to bless, not curse. And so we bless those that hate us. Here's the next one. Pray for those who hate you. Pray for those who hate you. Luke 6, 28 says it this way. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, I I just wrote down the word ug here, okay, ug, because another one that's not easy. Um, Let me share a story with you. Years ago, I worked for someone that I considered to be a very close friend, and the time came for me to leave, and um, excuse me, I did everything I could to leave in the best way possible. That was just important to me. And we came to an agreement that was good for everyone involved and, and we even put the agreement on paper. And then my so-called friend, he violated everything we had agreed to, everything. And, and I was hurt and I couldn't believe it. And I had a tough time with how I was treated and my friend became an enemy. And I had a mentor in my life that I would meet with and he asked me if I was praying for my so-called friend. And I told him, no. (laughs) I said, I don't want to pray for him. And uh, he told me I had to. I wanted to pray a prayer like King David in Psalms chapter three, verse seven, where he said, arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. (laughs) Shatter the teeth of the wicked. I wanted wanted somebody to slap him and knock his teeth (laughs) out. That's the way I felt. Don't look at me weird. You felt that before too, okay? But I asked my friend, I said, why do I have to pray for him? And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, a beautiful thing happens when we pray for others. Write this down if you would. God puts a love in your heart for those you pray for. God puts a love in your heart 
for those you pray for. What my mentor, my friend, was trying to tell me to do for my other friend was to love him, even when I felt he hated me. And the only way that you can do that sometimes is for God to take care of it. Only God can turn hate into love. And this leads us to the next way to treat our enemies. Release those who hate you. Release those who hate you. And I'm gonna be honest, this, this is the one that's hard for me. And the reason why it's hard is because it involves forgiveness. And forgiveness is not always easy, right? I mean, when someone has violated your trust, when someone has violated the love that you have for them, it's, it's pretty tough to forgive them. It's tough to release them. But if we're gonna release someone, we have to forgive them. Ephesians 4.32 says this, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When I think about the things that God has give, he's forgiven me for, I have to extend that to others. I have to give that to others. And you can't do what this verse says if you're holding a grudge against someone. God has given us forgiveness and he wants us to give it to others. And this is where release happens. And release leads to freedom. That's the beautiful part of the release thing. It leads to freedom. You think the verse earlier was tough? Listen to this, Romans 12. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that righteous anger or leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And releasing is that part. You know what? Some of us are still angry and bitter over things that have happened years ago. And the sad part is that we live in the prison of our enemies when we do that. Because when we don't release, we're imprisoned. The one who gets the most freedom when we release is us. It's us. We get freedom. We don't live under the bondage of their hate anymore. If they choose to hate, that's their decision. But for us, we have to release. And when we've released it, we're free. So if you want freedom, you need to release your enemies. And you need to release your haters and give them to God. We let God handle it. And understand this, both rewards and revenge belong to God. He's in charge of that, not us, and a good thing. Here's the sixth part of God's plan. Here's the last one. Extend peace to those who hate you. Extend peace to those who hate you. You would think that love and doing good and blessing and praying and releasing is enough, right? But God adds just one more thing. He says, and then I want you to extend peace. Because I would rather just walk away and, you know. But God says, no, extend peace. Proverbs 16, 7, it says, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. And so we see, we see what the key to all of it is. It's God and it's our relationship with him. If you wanna have peace with others, then you need to have peace with God. That's the start of it. 
That's what anchors it in. Romans 12, 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So the next time that you're in traffic and you cut someone off or they do or whatever and they give you the bird, you give them peace. I'm waiting the whole message to do that. That was awesome, wasn't it? All right, peace, all right. When we're at peace with our enemies and haters, look at what David said. This is in Psalm chapter 23, verse five. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. God takes care of us, even in front of those who hate us. Whatever their hate is for, I don't know, but I know that God gives peace and he prepares a feast for us. He meets our needs. He takes care of us. You know, as I look at today's message and especially these last six things we've gone through, I realize I've got a lot of work to do, a whole lot of work to do. And I think you do too, because it's not always easy to love others. That's just the truth. But here's the, new, here's the good news. God has given a plan to us. He's given us a way out. And following God's plan is a choice. And in his plan, there's freedom. That's where we find freedom. He gives us the freedom to make a choice. And he gives us the freedom to choose him. When we make that choice, this is where we're going to find true freedom in our lives. And it comes from God. The first step to freedom is choosing Jesus. So here's my question. Have you chosen Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Because that's what makes the difference. I can't love on my own. Some people are just unlovely. I'm sure I'm unlovely to people. But here's what I know. When Jesus is in my heart and he's leading me, I can love everyone. Because he makes the difference, not me. It's his power. And so today, I want to give you that opportunity to choose Jesus. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I just want to lead us in a simple prayer. It's a prayer that I prayed when I chose Jesus. And so if you're here today and you've never chosen Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that now. Just pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, today I choose you. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. Father, I struggle with hate. I'm a sinner, but I need you. And today... I give it all to you. Come into my life and save me. Change me. Make me brand new. I love you and I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.